Welcome back to the Four Gardens Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Ifshin. On this show, we talk to inspiring people about how they're tending their gardens of health, nature, creativity, and service. Today's episode will be another talk with Zach Townsmith about the practice of lunar and solar creativity, which is an approach to creativity that's really changed the way I brainstorm and made it much more effective. Excited to bring this short practice to you. Enjoy. Hey, welcome back, brother. Pleasure as always. So to learn more about Zach and all of his incredible work, check out the interview that I've shared with him. We have an amazing deep conversation on a lot of the things he's been involved in and on creativity in general. There's a lot there. So check that one out. But today I'm so grateful to have you back on to get into lunar and solar creativity, which for me has been the found one of the foundational things I've learned from you and has changed comes up in my work all the time, this idea of lunar and solar. So please, uh, yeah, without further ado, talk a little bit about this with us. Okay. So the first thing we're going to do is play because play is fun <laughs> and it's how we learn. So, uh, Jake and I are going to play uh, a game we like to call lunar words and I invite you to play along. So really the way that we're going to do this is we're just going to say words, uh, out loud. If you're in a like crowded cafe or something listening to this podcast, you might not want to say things out loud. I, I encourage you to do it anyway. Um, and if you really don't want to do it, you can do it under your breath. But like say words because Jake's going to say a word and I'm going to say a word and then you say a word and then we'll just go around. So so just word, 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 word. And even if you go out of turn, don't worry about it. We're just going to throw words in as quickly as possible. And unlike some other games you may have played, the words do not have to have any relationship to each other. There's no relationship necessary. What we're trying to do is get words out as quickly as possible. The first one that pops in your mind, go ahead and say it. Okay. Ready, Jake? I'm ready. Pink. Speaker. Nice. Ginseng. Horde. Karate. Kink. Starship. Simple. Chaperone. Nice. Slick. Pink. Kiko. Torque. Porsche. Tinkle. Table. Psych. Fabergé. Gandalf. Flamingo. Height. Mushroom. Mystery. Thimble. Wise. Counter. Nick. Water. Quicker. Scoot it up. Mike. Kitchen. Nose. Refrigerator. Buggy. Smoothie. Careful. Blender. Headphone. Spinach. Ah, okay. Woo, woo. All right. Check it out. Check it out. What we just did <laughs> is a warm up exercise and also a practice for what I like to call lunar thinking. Now, the, the industry, the industry term for that is divergent thinking, essentially meaning that the the important thing when we're doing it is not the the quality of our ideas, but the quantity more ideas are better. And so the more ideas we have leads to better ideas. So like if you're a photographer and you're taking pictures, you've taken 200 pictures, chances are you'll get like, you know, if you're a professional photographer, you might get like 20 or 30 that you're ready to, to share with your editor. If you are, you know, you or I, you might get like one or two. So 
the idea is, but if you take more, you'll get better. So the more the more ideas we have, the better we have to choose from. And that's the 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 simple basis for for lunar thinking. Um, divergent thinking is paired with convergent thinking. So if divergent thinking means that it's like lots of ideas, you know, moving out, no no need for structure. Convergent thinking is the opposite. I like to call it solar thinking because it's the the idea of of taking this this massive amount of ideas that have been generated during the the the, the lunar phase and deciding which ones and how and and how many and in in what ways uh, we move forward with them. So you're probably familiar with uh, with brainstorming. Brainstorming was coined termed by Alex Osborne and Sid Parnes at the uh, University of Buffalo. Um, back in the 50s, they, they were figuring out ways to make more creative advertising and more creative corporate offices and products and things like that. And they came up with um, this, this process called brainstorming, where you do divergent thinking for a certain amount of time, and then you switch and you do convergent thinking for a certain amount of time. And then at the end of the day, you, you get good ideas. And the thing, I don't know, Jake, would you care to share? Because you mentioned at the beginning in your intro um, that you were doing brainstorming all wrong. What do you mean by that? Right. So I would, when I brainstormed, I would, well, first of all, I wasn't brainstorming enough. I wasn't, I wasn't storming, really. I mean, when you talk about a storm, I think that word, like it's raining, you know, it's, there's, con there's lightning, there's action happening. <laughs> you know, I wasn't just unloading. 20, 30, 50 ideas on a whiteboard. That wasn't part of my routine. You know, I was, I was getting, I would say I was getting stuck more. So I wasn't even trying to brainstorm. And when I did try to think of ideas, I would get too critical of them. Or I, when I did it with a group in particular, mm. uh, my, my team would get critical of ideas before we'd even really gotten the ideas out on the paper, out on the board. And that would, there was this feeling of stuckness and of anxiety around uh, creative, just let's just create, let's name the thing. Let's think of a name for it. Let's what's the next, the next product, the next project. There was this kind of, uh, tightness that I, I, I experienced. Yeah. Tightness. That's a great way to put it because I think, um, you know, fr from, from an early age, we're taught to say things that make sense. Right. And so we have this, you know, you said it well in groups, there's, there's, there's this often sense of, being judged about what we say. And so being very careful about what we say. And so the, the internal filter turns on even higher often than the external filter of like what, what's, you know, neither Jake nor I said a curse word on this podcast. Did you notice that? <laughs> I wonder if you did home listener <laughs> say any words that any, any sexualized or, or, uh, otherwise profane, uh, words came out of you. And it's interesting to note that because, because maybe Jake and I are actually not being lunar. If we were being lunar, maybe some of those words would have come out. But because we have this sort of like internal filter that's so ingrained, it's really hard to break away from. And, and what, what this idea of lunar and solar thinking posits is that it's really important to be able to do that. And like Jake said, to get out of this kind of stiffness and this stuck pace, it's important to have this space where anything goes. And so what I like to say to my wife when, when I say a wild and crazy idea and she's like, no, tells me all the reasons why it's not going to work is don't solar my lunar. <laughs> Come on, let's be lunar for a while. <laughs> let's, let's play with, uh, with possibilities, expansive 
yes and is a great way to respond to somebody when you're in the lunar phase, right? Yes, yes and. You know, yes and. How many different ways can we do this? Yes and, yes and, yes and. And get, uh, one of my mentors, Tim Harson, likes to talk about the third third. So if we're being lunar about ideas around um, places where me and Jake can meet up next, you know, we'll say, well, we could meet up in Johnny and Aaron's farm. And so the, the first, you know, third of our ideas are going to be the things that are right off the top of our head. The second third of our ideas start to be more interesting. Well, we could go to that state park that's nearby, or we could go to, and then the third third is where we're like, well, we could meet in Kazakhstan, or we could meet in Afghanistan right now, which is maybe not the, but, oh, hold on. I'm judging whether or not Afghanistan is a good idea for us to meet right now. Turn that judgment off and just let that be out there. Yes, and, yes, and, right? And let that go. And then we can take a break and say, okay, all right, pause. Now, of all these ideas, which one are we going to do? And there's lots of different ways to do solar thinking as well. There's lots of different methods and tools and, um, you know, everybody has their favorite ones that they do individually or with groups, you know, with, whether it's like putting dots on, on the, the, the post-it notes or you're, or you're actually taking votes on things or, uh, or numeric votes, you get six votes and you get to, there's all kinds of different ways in, that, that, that have different strengths and, and also uh, limitations um, in terms of how you get to uh, the, the the kernel from within all the the massive number of ideas that you've created, um, and honestly, I feel like that's less challenging yes. than than really getting out there and doing things. Well, I, I say that with a caveat because um, very often what happens, even if we can get out there and say lots of wild and crazy things like Kazakhstan and Afghanistan and our and our idea of where to, when we move to the solar phase, the tendency is to go with only the safe ideas. So some of the most most powerful solar tools encourage us to explore what is interesting and true and potential about something like Kazakhstan. You know, what is it about that that made me say it? Where did that come from? What's the underlying principle about it that could bring us to a new understanding of where we might be able to go? So, so there's a caveat because even if you do a great job at lunar thinking, it can be really easy just to fall back into the safe things. And as Sid, Par Sid Parnes, one of the inventors that is like to say, um, it's a lot easier to take a wild idea and pull it down to earth than it is to put wings on a mundane idea. So get wild and crazy and then figure out how to make that. And getting wild and crazy is not always as easy as it might seem, um, or as it seems for my, my three-year-old who is Oh man, Kai is like soul is lunar king right now. Living on the like, moon. Man, he just like he's like we could make a tutor, we could make Montana better, and then he just like he's doing it in Martian. It doesn't even need to be a word. He's just like saying it and yeah, playing with it. And Does that make fun. you lunar too? Being with Kai, I bet is oh I god, spend it's time like with kids. it's the, my my ultimate guru in so many ways. Um. So so being lunar is is really uh. Is, is is challenging, and and what's interesting is um, when you look at some of the the, the neuroscience behind this, um, you've probably heard of left brain and right brain thinking, and I hope that you've also heard that that's one of the most pervasive myths about the way that our brain works. The brain doesn't not actually you know have so it has a left lobe and a right lobe, and there are different 
parts of different lobes that do different things. And I'm not a neuroscientist, so I'm not going to tell you exactly what the parts are and what they do. But what is, was not true is that the, the, the left side takes care of all of the, all of the, you know, analytical, essentially solar things, right? And the right side takes care of all the, all the, the lunar things. That's not true. What happens in our brain is we have neurons and different motor cortexes and stuff. And the, to our best understanding, an MRI machine, magnetic resonance measures the, the blood flow in a brain through magnetic resonance because there's iron in the blood, right? So it's measuring the way the iron moves through our, our brains when we do certain tasks. That's called a functional MRI. So a jazz pianist who goes into a functional MRI with a little keyboard and he plays a, a tune that he knows, she knows that they know, it's a very different process from when they're asked to play a, you know, a, an improvisation in G. Or, you know, you put Jake in his bass in an, an MRI machine. And you're like, Jake, play the bass line to uh, Greensleeves. Uh, Jake, I know Jake knows this. And plays it. And his brain is doing something. It's it's getting the motor cortex and it's connecting it to the memory cortex and some other things in there. But like, essentially, straight lines. And then you're like, Jake, play me something wildly crazy that's in B. And then he does that. And his brain does something very different. So that's essentially the difference. And, and it's like, he's... When he's doing that different things, he's connecting, you know, emotional centers. He's connecting memory at different times in different ways, and he's pulling it all together in a way that that um, that's much more lunar, and it actually looks different on the MRI machine. So interesting. So yeah. neuroscience actually um, supports this this dichotomy, which um, which which in fact Nietzsche talks about in the 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 when he talks about the the origin of of tragedy. And and he talks about the Greek uh, plays. The way they were set up is they had the they would have the chorus, and then what was on the stage. And the chorus was actually this idea of lunar, like like the music. The music is how they express lunar, like everything around. And then the solar is what's actually happening. And this dichotomy is at play. And it, it's really interesting interesting look at how it works. I've also been exploring the lunar and solar from a from a yogic perspective, um, and it's it's a very um, it's very integral to the the yogic principles this idea of lunar and solar energy and the way that they combine in our bodies and and what i've i've come into is this idea of the inhale being a lunar space of like filling up with, with ideas and potential and then the exhale being this kind of directed where am i going to send this to that's cool and i and i love to I play with those when i when i when i when i try to access ideas and i try to come up with ways of doing things it's like and decide right on that yoga note too a lot of the most lunar moments i've had with your techniques have been around embodiment too have been around this uh some of the other games the statues the dance dance has been a technique for me talk, before we go off talk a little bit about embodiment and how the body's uh, a way you, know, you talk about the breath there with yoga talk about yeah know, how does the body help us get there so Another little caveat, everybody's different. You know, Jake's had these amazing experiences with his body and he's a very embodied person. And so other people are not going to have the same experience. So, so everything I say is said with a grain of salt, right? Because it's like, figure out what works for you. And for many people, I found that actually moving the body will help with lunar ideas. If you're like giving lunar ideas and you're writing in your journal and you, you, you get stuck, simply just changing the direction that you're looking or moving your body a little bit or getting up or standing upside down or shaking or doing things can support you in in um in being able to to come up with more and channel more ideas bring more things in and it's a practice too my my teacher talks about 
uh, new steps. It's a, a lunar steps, I like to call it, as a game where you walk from point A to point B, you know, maybe it's like a, a, a couple meters, and you walk in different walk every time. If you've ever seen Monty Python's The Ministry of Silly Walks, like you're just trying to create silly walks from A to B and then B to A and new walks, new ways of doing it. And she recommends doing this five days a week, five minutes every day, first thing when you wake up and getting into this routine of 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 pushing yourself to be lunar and in your body. And, and that by doing that, um, you become better able to access it at other times as well. And, and what I've also found is, is I think this is really worth, worth, you know, mentioning in the, in the little time that's left is that not only does the practice of lunar, uh, help me be lunar, but when we're in groups, when we can practice being lunar together, it lowers the, the tension and it, and it unsticks the tightness so that we can actually, as a group, get into a lunar space and say lunar things. And that's critical if we're going to get creative ideas in a collaborative environment to be able to, to access that. And I've seen it over and over again, this, these sort of equalizing games when we're just saying words. And even that game we play with the, with the, free, with the lunar words, we don't have to be speaking the same language. <laughs> we can both be speaking Martian. And I guarantee if you play it with long enough for somebody, you're going to be cracking up laughing. And that's great. <laughs> that's another laughter. It's a great way of like loosening that tightness and allowing lunar things to flow out. So, so I'm doing improv comedy right now, I got to say. And You've been coming up a lot for me. Shout out to the Pitt Theater in, in Manhattan. I've been over there a few times performing and taking classes. And yes, and there's, some, there's a big overlap here with improv, I feel like, of of uh, some of this work together and group lunar experiences. So I've, I've been doing the improv comedy. Recommend that for people. As Highly. A, a, lot of the, a lot of the exercises that I recommend practice. come from improv comedy theater. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've been seeing seeing a big overlap there, and also, you know, I've shared a I share a blog about getting into dancing, uh, cold bath, cold plunge, cold showers, uh, nature meditations. These things can all be. If you want to take that blog on fourgardenspodcast.com and do your creative lunar process, your journaling after that, that's a good start to some embodiment embodiment techniques that will also just shift your perspective and how you're feeling. Uh, and I, I plan to share more reset sources around this because I think this is just key to key to coming up accessing our creative potential and our, our ideas how yeah it's been very useful to me so is, yeah. Zach, is there anything else you want to add for uh, around this and yeah i will just say more? that like it's important to recognize that you we need to separate them like yes. so often in life we we were mixing them together like like jake was like i was saying with my my wife well i'm saying that we could do this and, this and then don't solar my lunar because when you when you say something solar when you say no the the brain process shifts to a solar process. Like as soon as the word no comes in there, I can't access, I can't physically access my, my lunar self anymore. So separating them out, uh, doing them together is like trying to drive a car with one foot on the brake and one foot on the gas. You know, it just, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It's not smooth. And so really separating out, creating time, warming up before you do the lunar, and then taking time to sort of get into a solar place before you do the solar. A beautiful meditation for that is just take a breath, with your eyes closed and your focus on your on your third eye. Inhale and exhale. And then open your eyes and look far off in the distance as far as you can wherever you are and take a deep breath there. Focus on that distance and space. And then bring your hand up in front of your face and focus on the smallest detail you can find. And inhale and exhale. And that can be a very quick brief meditation to help you kind of get into a more solar focus. Um, and then the one last thing I would like to add is that uh, 
lunar solar thinking is great. Um, it can be supercharged and really empowered when it's done in iterations within the context of a, of a design process. Um, on its own, you know, I can ask a question and be lunar on it, but what question am I asking? And I think design is what helps us make sure that we're asking, you know, as Jake was talking about in our previous conversation, um, the importance of asking the right question or asking a right question that's really going to generate uh, lots of ideas and in the direction that we want them to be going in. And the way that we get there is by iterating lunar and solar thinking over time within the context of a design process. So that's a really helpful note. And just to even add one last practical side of this to the way it shows up for me most often is that I'm daily. Now I'm either using an audio memo or a journal just to, just to write, talk for one minute or write till I finish the the whole page, you know, Zach talks about first, third, second, third, 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 that, that, um, of where, as the creativity unfolds in those in, over time, I, these are just daily practices for me in order to solve all kinds of different challenges in my life and, and just get out, get outside the box with my mind. Um, so yeah, that's how it shows up for me most regularly. So I just want to add that real, like little practical dimension of try that, you know, write, write for a minute until your pen, uh, keep your pen to the paper. This is one you taught me for a minute yep. and time yourself, give yourself some accountability. And then when you, when you, when your time's up, write five more things. Uh, yep. so this is very effective for me. There's a, there's a, um, there was a beautiful man named Wayne, Wynn Wenger, W I N Wenger, W E N G E R. Amazing, amazing dude. It's just like super prolific. And he created all these tools, um, to do specifically that essentially like, um, talking for five minutes, um, but, but very studied, very, um, specific ways of, of in, in channeling. And you got into this, Jake, uh, uh, in our previous conversation as well, this sort of subconscious, this, this place where, where all of our, of our wisdom lies is beyond our conscious brain. And so, so many of these, um, when Wenger likes to uh, tell people to write with both hands at the same time, because when you do that, you're, you're actually using all of your computing power to, to like control both pencils at the same time. And that doesn't leave any left to filter things. So what's really there comes out. And a lot of these exercises are set up to do that. Embodiment is one of the ways that that happens by, by when I'm moving my body, my brain has to take care of my body moving and it doesn't have as much resources to, to, to edit or censor what's, what's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that mechanism, but that totally feels right about how that how that actually works for me. That's, that's helpful. That's clarifying for me. Uh, so lunar solar dot, what was the website? Well, uh, lunar solar design.com lunar solar design.com. We'll add that uh, in the descriptions here. And uh, that's, is that the best place to learn more for now? Yeah, definitely. Any and other? it's a work in progress itself. So um, if you have any questions, please, please send us an email. Uh, I'd love to have you on for more creativity practices in the future. This is, this is a really fun conversation, Zach. Uh, any last I feel like we're, we, we've given people a good roadmap to get started here. Yeah, let's this. do it. Let's, let's play uh, Lunar Words, but One we'll do it time. in Martian, okay? Yeetner. Yeah. If you're not laughing... What's going on? I mean, for our Martian listeners, I just want to like let you know that the things I said were said in jest, you know, satirical, <laughs> not to take offense. 
Yeah, lot, no judgment. That's actually of... something really important, Jake. Uh, and I'll, I'll say this before the end, like for the Martian listeners in particular, um, there there can be a tendency to want to kind of psychoanalyze what comes out, like or as a Rorschach test or like the ink blot test or something like that. This is not what lunar thinking is about. As soon as it becomes that, it becomes not lunar thinking because you're like, oh, I'm going to be analyzed about what I've said. You know, I'm going to be judged on what I've, what I've, what I've said. And it's really important to remove that idea. And this is not psychoanalysis. An analysis. We're not going to afterwards look at like, oh, well, I wonder what this is about his relationship with his mother. Like, no, that's not what lunar thinking is. And that's that that can be a way in which we actually, um, you know, ruin any of the potential uh, benefits of lunar thinking is by trying to analyze it afterwards. So let it be. Let it Although be. the analysis afterwards is like, okay, well, where is this headed? But not about like what it says about me. Does that make sense? Well, I was noticing that my words earlier indicated that it's time for uh, I'm hungry. I started saying a lot of food words. So sometimes you can get some, uh, you can get some <laughs> like the little insights out of what your unconscious, your unconscious definitely has a lot of wisdom for you about itself. So I, I would, I would push back on that a little bit of saying that I think that there is a, like a therapeutic psychological insights that can come, but I think that's separate from the process we're talking about, which is kind of directing it towards questions where we're not analyzing each other. Like, I think there is value there, but I think that it can be missing the point, I guess. I'm with you on that. Um, but I have I have discovered some things, deep truth about myself using lunar processes hmm. uh, and, and reflecting on what I journaled on. I, I know if like the artist, would you, I would probably describe artist pages, uh, the morning hmm. pages, um, yeah. Julia Cameron's very classic practice yeah. of writing three pages when you wake up in the morning yeah. as a very lunar practice. And then you're supposed to destroy yeah. the the pages afterwards. Right. But I did hear the singer from Weezer was doing that. I, I listened to an interview with him and he would, mm. all the Weezer songs came out of those. Many of them, from the latest albums, all came out of lo uh, lunar pages in the morning. And mm. Instead of burning them, he was catalog cataloging all the weird things that he wrote <laughs> and turning it into a database that then became used for songwriting. So there, oh my God. I think we can also be lunar about our lunar. I guess that's my point. Aho. <laughs> yeah, aho. Yeah, this, this, this. Uh, a little longer than our normal practices, but this is an especially fun one for me to get into with you, Zach. And just such a pleasure talking to you and getting lunar, getting Likewise. solar. So fun. All right. Thanks, everybody, right for on. listening. Yeah. Much love. Much love. And uh, have a great day.